0: Rotary Magazine presents A Community Cure. Rotary's first multi million dollar Programs of Scale award fights the global scourge of malaria at a local level in Zambia. This article is published in the print issue of Rotary Magazine, written by Diana Schoberg. Music by Yusu Kim of Chicago. I'm Linda Yu. Latham Chisanga had been in a car accident some years back. And he dealt with the physical repercussions ever since. So in February 2020, when a backache and fever came on, Chisanga decided to skip another visit to the clinic, swallowed a couple of painkillers, and got on with his life. Days later, he collapsed outside a neighbor's house and fell into a coma. At the hospital, his malaria test came back positive. When he finally awoke a week later, Chisanga appeared to recognize his mother, who had left a meeting in central Zambia and rushed home to Indola to sit by her son's bedside. The doctors hoped their patient's condition was improving, but he died a few days later. His mother, Martha Lungu, wondered how this could have happened to a member of her family. After all, she was the executive administrator of Malaria Partners Zambia, the local branch of an international campaign led by Rotary members to end malaria. Lungu, a member of the Rotary Club of Indola, didn't see how she could continue her work. How did I fail, she lamented. How come I didn't do this right? And how am I going to talk to people about the prevention of malaria? A few months later, two people intervened. You need to use your son's death to educate others so we don't lose another life, insisted a minister who had attended her son's funeral. And a friend convinced Lungu that her son's death gave her more credibility, not less. If it happened to me, it can happen to anyone, Lungu now says, conveying her friend's message. I know what I'm talking about. I know malaria kills. And I know malaria can be cured. It's late May 2022 in Zambia's central province, and with winter only a month away, the six people meandering along a dirt path can feel cooler temperatures coming on. They walk past garden beds, a church, and brick homes with corrugated roofs until they reach a home where chickens peck in the yard and freshly washed laundry hangs on a line flapping in the morning breeze. There, they are greeted by Agnes Mukunt. A week earlier, Mukunt had experienced aching joints, headaches, chills. She'd had malaria before and recognized the symptoms. She got tested positive. Fortunately, a nearby health center, the place from which the group of six had departed earlier that morning, provided Mukund medication, and she felt better within days. Now her visitors are here to test their children and neighbors to find out if any of them have been infected. Mukun's six visitors are students training under an ambitious new plan by the Zambian government to make malaria testing and treatment more accessible by saturating the country with 36,000 community health workers. That's about one worker per 500 people. The national strategy is getting a boost from Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia, an initiative founded and led by Rotary members and the recipient of Rotary's first $2 million Programs of Scale grant. Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia will train and equip 2,500 community health workers in 10 districts in Zambia's Central and Muchinga provinces. By partnering with World Vision US and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which will each contribute another $2 million to the endeavor, it's anticipated the program will reduce malaria infections and significantly diminish the number of severe and potentially fatal cases. Members of Rotary should be proud of themselves for coming on board to fight malaria, says Lungu, who chairs the program's implementing committee. She also moved into the role of executive director for Malaria Partners Zambia several months after her son's death. Imagine how many lives they will save because of the community health workers that they have helped train and deploy. Among the trainees is Cleopatra Shikanzo, a 32-year-old trainee wearing an orange Rotary World Vision t-shirt. She's had malaria and knows many others in her community who've had it. I wanted to become a health worker to improve the welfare of my community, the mother of three says. With Mucon's permission, the trainees drop drops of blood from each of her four children's hands for test strips. They set a timer and wait 15 minutes. Like a test for COVID-19, if one line appears, the result is negative. If two appear, it's positive. About two weeks earlier, one of Mukan's sons had traveled to Luapula province in northern Zambia. He'd been complaining about chills, but his mother thought the boy was just adapting to the cooler weather at home. But when the 15-minute test results came back, two lines for him and an additional positive test for a second son. The most prevalent type of malaria-causing parasite in Africa is the deadliest. According to the World Health Organization, there were an estimated 241 million cases of malaria worldwide in 2020. The Africa region was home to 95% of those cases and to 96% of the 627,000 deaths that followed. In 2020, children under five accounted for about 80% of all malaria deaths in whose Africa region. The parasite is transmitted by female Anopheles mosquitoes, which use proteins in human and animal blood to produce their eggs. After a parasite-infected mosquito bites, the parasites invade and destroy red blood cells, causing fever, chills, and other symptoms. When another mosquito bites an infected person, the parasites in the blood come along for the ride. And when that mosquito bites another person, the cycle begins again. Malaria can progress to a severe form with complications such as organ failures and abnormalities in the blood or brain. But it doesn't have to be that way. Malaria treatments exist. The problem is getting tests and treatments to the people who need them, but may live too far from a health facility to get them, or who may not even realize that they need to be tested. Believe me, if my son had tested for malaria before his case got complicated, he would be here now, Lungu says. The treatment is straightforward and accessible. It's there. The only thing is, he needed to know. It's deeply unfair that there are still people that are dying of malaria, a disease that is totally treatable, totally preventable, and diagnosable, adds Abigail Pratt, a program officer at the Gates Foundation. We don't have that problem in the United States, we don't have it in Europe, and it's just not fair to say it's something we're going to continue to look away from in countries like Zambia. After Mukant's son's positive tests, the health workers in training consult their dosage charts. They're on day five of the six-day training program supported by Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia. Today is their field practicum. Earlier in the training, they learn how to test for, and treat cases, record surveillance data, and provide mass drug administration in which everyone living in a geographic area receives anti-malarials to interrupt transmission. After graduation, they will spend six weeks under supervision by staff at their local health facility before they begin working in their communities on their own. They will each get a bicycle, which will be useful for Chicanzo as she makes her rounds because she lives about an hour's walk from the health center in her area. After giving Mukant's sons the appropriate medications, the trainees approach a group of her neighbors sitting on mats in a courtyard between houses. Two women sew doormats as a pot of katapa, made of cassava leaves, cooks on a small charcoal brazier. Chicanzo sits on the stoop of one home and talks to the head of the household. A woman with a baby strapped on her back sits next to them. A few children cry when they learn their fingers will be pricked to draw blood. Testing the family is a slow and methodical process. As the trainees work, they are supervised by Emmanuel Banda and John Banda, health officials from Chibombo, a district in the central province. Eventually, the district will have 42 community health workers, including Chicanzo and her fellow trainees. The health officials say that medical centers in their area see 400 malaria cases per week. The district is home to a swamp with several fishing camps. Malaria thrives in the camps, including one that is 20 miles from the health center. Most people with malaria fail to walk to the facility because of the distance, Emmanuel Banda says. The district is situated between the two major cities of Lusaka and Kabwe, and it is prone to disease outbreaks because it's a route for people involved in farming and trade. When the community health workers are trained, it will help decrease the number of people coming to the health facility. So, the health facility can focus on other diseases, John Banda says. Community health care provides economic benefits, too. If people can get care near their homes— they don't have to pay for transportation or take time off from work. A crucial link between the health centers and community health workers are volunteer neighborhood health committees, which supervise the community health workers and other community-based volunteers who work on malaria and other interventions such as polio vaccinations and maternal care. Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia is working to strengthen the health system as well by providing training for the members of those committees. Inside the palace of Chief Chamuka, a giant leather throne with a snarling lion carved on its headrest nearly touches the ceiling. A rug bearing the image of the flag of Zambia lies in front of the throne. And beyond it, arrayed in semicircles, are chairs covered in fabric printed with the heads of zebras elephants, lions, and other animals. When the chief arrives wearing a leopard-print hat, beaded necklace, and black and purple cape, visitors from Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia kneel and clap three times in greeting, a sign of respect for a leader who has done much to advance malaria eradication among his 60,000 people. One of the traditional leaders of the Lenye people in Zambia's central province Chief Chamuka chairs the End Malaria Council for the Central Province, a group of government, business, and religious leaders and experts. His voice becomes louder and more passionate as he talks about malaria, which he views as a critical economic issue in his agricultural chiefdom. Malaria eradication relies on the work of Chief Chamuka and other traditional leaders and key influencers to increase the awareness of the disease and the strategies to defeat it. The chief says that he is working with the other 38 traditional leaders in central province to help them recognize their ability to influence their communities. And wherever he goes in the community and whenever he speaks, he works in mentions of malaria. In Zambia, our communities give high respect to the traditional leaders, he tells Rotary. Whatever they say, our people listen and follow. Radio spots and dramatic performances are used to reach the public to underscore the importance of testing for malaria when symptoms first appear. John Hasse, National Director for World Vision Zambia, says he's seen for himself how those dramas can increase engagement. If we're going to change behavior, we have to touch someone at the heart level, not just the head level, he says. That's our challenge, to touch the hearts of more mothers. This is where Rotary clubs can play a key role, says Busiku Hama-Inza, acting director of the National Malaria Elimination Center, part of Zambia's Ministry of Health. Moving forward, behavior change won't be looked at as a support intervention, but a core intervention, he says. Rotary is designed in a way that the club is very close to the community. It's important to utilize that advantage to raise the profile of fighting malaria. As of September, Rotary members had already volunteered more than 30,000 hours since the start of Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia. Collins Kachana, a nurse and a member of the Rotary Club of Ndola, is one of those volunteers, using his medical background to help train health workers. "'I've seen malaria firsthand,' he says. "'I've seen what it can do. "'People have died in my hands during my care.' So when you see certain projects happening, you know right away the impact the project has. After the field practicum, the community health worker trainees meet at the Kaperi Mposhi Council Lodge for their evaluation. Hanging on the walls are sample tracking forms, hand-drawn illustrations of a mosquito's life stages, and a list of training goals and expectations. Each of the five teams that had been in the field presents the details of how many people teams tested and how many were positive. One trainer counts the blister packs of medications and other supplies to verify they match the trainees' logs. Community health workers not only provide life-saving services, but the data they report helps officials understand the course of the disease on a granular level. In some parts of Zambia's southern province, there haven't been any recorded malaria cases in three years. If community health workers were to report a case, officials could immediately decide how to mount an appropriate response, hopefully quelling the possibility of wider spread. Knowing how much medication has been used helps officials make decisions about resupplying. 90% of health facilities have officers trained to submit electronic data, explains Kandandu Chibosa, chief pharmacist for Central Province. But late reports and non-reporting are a challenge. If you don't submit a report, don't expect product, he says. No report, no product. Slow internet bandwidth can be a challenge to submitting electronically, but staff do not have time to analyze hard copies of the data, he says. Earlier supply chain issues, finally resolved in spring 2021, further hampered the distribution of tests and treatments. Wangani Zulu, a malaria surveillance specialist for Partners for a Malaria-Free Zambia, is developing an app to help track those supplies. The goal is to simplify and standardize reporting so that facilities will be able to easily see how much they distribute each month. We need to be able to innovate and strengthen the systems that already exist, he says. The day after their practicum, the trainees gather at the lodge for graduation. 15 of the 30 trainees score 100% on their practical final exam, and all the students pass. Sunlight illuminates the lodge's interior, and the breeze coursing through the open windows carries the sound of soft music from a nearby church. The ceremony starts with a master trainer leading everyone in a rhythmic clap. Then there are introductions, speeches, and more speeches. When Cleopatra Chicanzo's name is called, she stands walks to the front of the room and bows to visiting dignitaries who include representatives from Rotary, World Vision, and the Provincial Health Ministry. She receives her certificate and poses for a photo. We're grateful that you've brought this program to our communities, she says afterward. We are very happy. We are going to fight this disease. That was in May. The last of the 2,500 health workers trained under the Programs of Scale grant graduated in September. Now the program has begun to make a strong impact as the workers, circulating among their communities, test and treat their neighbors, hoping to diagnose malaria before the case is turned serious, before another person dies. Leading the way is Martha Lungu, remembering her son and clinging tightly to her hard won knowledge. I know malaria kills, and I know malaria can be cured. Rotary Magazine is the official monthly publication of Rotary International.